welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. episode of Backstory Sessions. I'm joined today by my co-host, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Kat. Hey, everyone. How are you? Well, here we are with our another episode of, you know, the backstories of love. Yes. This is the last one, or is there one after this? Well, this is the last official one, I think, you know, because Valentine's Day has now you know, come and gone. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, true. Well, and I will say, like, this, you know, like, this couple is, is very fascinating to me because we've had them both as guests before. Yes, but separately. Yes, and we really didn't know that they were a couple, right? I mean. No, not the first time. Yeah, and then, you know, started, like, kind of putting these things together, and, you know, we were right, and so today, we're going to get to hear their story, and uh, and because, you know, I, I like both of them a lot, and I think, you know, what a neat couple, and she's so talented, like, an art, you know, just visual art, like, just amazing, and, and I know, like, Yes, I ha- I have one of her lithographs. Yes, I was getting ready to say, you know, and it's Bobby's song, One More Day. That's right, uh, he did help write that. Yeah, and so, you know, it's like, that is inspired, like, that is written with the art. It's just, you know, they seem to work very well together, so I, I think it's going to be a great story, and I can't wait to hear that. And it's one of those perfect Valentine's Day songs. Yeah, well, I I want to say one thing about a thing we mentioned, you mentioned actually on an episode or so back of, of the love, you know, the Dear Juliet, Juliet Club, whatever. Oh, yes. Yes. People will write letters to Juliet from Romeo and Juliet. And that started the, apparently there's a group in Italy somewhere where you send these to Verona. Yes, Verona, Italy, and uh, they actually reply. Okay, well, that's what I wanted to point out. You know, I did say to the listeners that if it was free to do and I could do it by email, I would. Uh, And then I would post, you know, the response that I got back from Juliet. Mm -hmm. And my email came back and, like, the server was, you know, too busy or whatever. So, obviously, everybody had the same idea of, like, okay, it's Valentine's and, you know, let's write to Juliet. Well, I think it's probably because we mentioned it on the podcast. Well, no doubt, because everybody, like, you know, does everything that you tell them to do. So, <laughs> including me. So, <laughs> Well, anyways, it did not get through, but I'm not giving up. I am going to rescind it. I thought I'd give it like a little bit of time to, you know, die down a little bit. If it does, I mean, you know, I don't know. 
they could be riding on these like all year long. That's uh, right. It could be like the, uh, you know, what am I thinking of? The, around the holidays, they do that Christmas carol thing. Like, uh, you mean like riding to Santa Claus? No, no, something? no. The Christmas carol thing where you call, uh, what is it, dial a carol or whatever it is? Carol, yes. Yeah. I, I do. I'm so grateful to do that. So, <laughs> yay. Thumbs up to dial a carol. Well, I don't know. But if I ever do get a response back or get my email through, you know, I am going to update on that because. I'm very curious, you know, like to see what Juliet's going to tell me. Well, I mean, as I understood it, and maybe I'm wrong, and I probably am because I don't know anything about it other than what I read in a brief snippet of a article. I would assume that it's men who write to Juliet, no? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it could be. Well, I mean, she's clearly taken by Romeo. Um, well, he's dead, technically, but so is she, you know, if you like. Really, if you think about it, that is one of the sickest, like, love stories, if you want to, in yeah, a way. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it is a classic, so. Yes, it is a classic that I taught for many years, but <laughs> I still always thought, like, no, I don't want that love, exactly. Yeah. You know, like, that's not the happy ending. But, uh, well, I mean, it's an ending. But, I mean, I I did not know that part. See, you should have led with that before I, like, I mean, my... I was just thinking about it. It would make sense that it's men who are writing. But, I mean, I suppose women could, too, you know, maybe ask well, for advice or whatever. Well, then I'm going to change my name. I'll be like, I'm Matt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I used to be cats. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, so there needs to be a Dear Romeo club out there for me to write to. There you go. Game. You could uh, start that one. Yeah, right here in Barberville, Kentucky. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you want love, like, this is a place there, to you know, yeah, sure. get your wish. So. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So I, you know, how you were doing like statistics and questions and stuff yes, like that. Yeah, I have a couple more. Okay. Well, I have one. So, all right. Go ahead. Um, should I start with it? Yes, okay. of course. Okay. So, you know, Valentine's has come and gone. And how many, like, what percentage of people bought themselves a Valentine's gift? Hmm. I'm going to guess, I mean, 45%. So why, why do you think that? Because that's pretty high. It's almost half. Why do you think that it I, might be? I think that people, you know, are like they figure I buy something for someone else. Might as well buy something for me. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. So did you buy yourself a gift for Valentine's Day? Not that I remember. I was probably working in, you know, my life during the week when Valentine's was on Wednesday, I think. Yeah, so my life during the week is work, home, sleep, repeat. Well, I did not buy myself a gift either. So, like, based on that statistic, it would be like 0%. Right. Neither did it. But, 
it's going to be, it's going to shock you because it's a low number. It's like 8%. Wow. Yeah. Only 8% people. And maybe it's for the reasons, like you said, you know, middle of the week and whatever. Or maybe, you know, most people maybe just had somebody buying them all this stuff and they didn't like. Either that or the people are single and they're just like, I'm going to buy myself something. But not all single people feel that way. They're just like, oh, Valentine's Day, I'm single. This sucks. I'm not buying myself anything. Well, some people are like, I'm single. I'm happy about it. And I'm still not buying myself anything. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, true. Maybe that's why the number's so low. Yeah, I mean, who knows? But I, I thought you would find that interesting. And that's the only thing I have on that. <laughs> All righty. Well, I only have a couple. So it's kind of interesting. During the Victorian era era, and into the 20th century, those who didn't want the attention of certain people would anonymously send vinegar valentines. I don't know what that is, but I think it's not so much the act of sending vinegar or valentines dipped in vinegar or something like that. They were actually cards that you could buy that They were sort of, you know, like, I don't want to be your valentine because you stink or something like that. They're a little bit cruel, and they could be purchased to insult just about anyone in your life. (laughs) Oh, my God. So Hallmark truly does make a card for every occasion, (laughs) apparently. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what to say about that. I mean... That's kind of, well, okay. So, I mean, the closest thing, you know, is like when they used to sell, I don't know if they still do because, you know, obviously it's been a gazillion years since I was in school to buy Valentine's, but, you know, that you would get the box of whatever theme that you picked out and there would be the ugly ones, you know, and like uh, every, and then there was like the big ones, you know, the big nice ones too. And so everybody would know, like, whoever got the big, nice ones, you know, was the popular. Right, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, if you got the other ones, especially, like, if you got it from someone you really liked and they give you the bad Valentine, you know, so it could be hard, like, crush your heart in a way for a day or so. Yeah. So it's probably like something like the vinegar it's like preparing you to get some vinegar right yeah all right well so those vinegar valentines weren't the only strange tradition from england from england what else you got here they're from england so in the 1700s english women would pin five bay leaves to their pillow one in the center and one on or and then four on the corners, on the night of February 13th in order to have sweet dreams about their future husband. So, if you have some bay leaf, you know, hey, you could try I mean, that next year. Oh, so it has to be on the 13th. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, 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 could, I could like say, oh, yeah, I might try that. You know, I mean, I, I don't think that likes hurting anybody you know yeah unless you're allergic to bay leaf or something i guess (laughs) 
well, or you don't have any dream, you know, that you can remember. And then it'll be like, that could, you know, that means like there's nobody for you. Right. 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 Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, in a way that kind of sucks. So I'm thinking now, let's not do that. And besides that, I mean, it's probably not going to tell you anyways, because you probably already are dreaming of whoever is, you know, whoever's in your subconscious that you think it's for you, whether they really are not. I don't really think you even need the bay leaves to do that. Well, I just, uh, you know, 1700s, they were, I guess, trying everything they could. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, as one should, right, one should yeah. try everything they can for love. So that's, you know, I'll, I'll agree with that part of it. Just, uh, I think they could try a little bit more than the bay leaves. All righty. Well, one more for the road, shall we say. Right. So did you know that those little candy hearts were not available for Valentine's Day in 2019? Because of COVID? No. It was because the company that, in 2018, the company that made the little candy hearts, Neko, you remember Neko wafers? And, yes, yes. Okay. So they made, they make all, or made all the candy hearts up to that point. But in 2018, they declared bankruptcy, and they were forced to close the original plant and sell off the candy brands that they made, they made a bunch of different ones, apparently. So this other company ended up acquiring the rights to the candy hearts. And it must be like Brock's or Nesco or. No, it's called Spangler. Never heard of them, but it took them a a bit to get a production up and running. So. Yeah, 2019, you know, didn't work out. So I guess. Well, that got right past me. I did not know, you know, that that they weren't out here. Yeah, it says they returned to shelves in 2020. And apparently there were some changes due to equipment problems. But then by 2021, they'd worked out all the issues. And now. Well. I'm glad you brought those up because, you know, at our, we did just closed out Cupid 2.0 mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it was a Valentine's, obviously Cupid, you know, love in the air kind of show. And the audience was given a box of those little hearts. So they were very hard to find. You know, because like when you wait right to the last minute to check to get them, everybody's trying to get them for Valentine's, for classes, you know, at school and all of that. So, anyways, the people that came to the show were lucky enough to have that little box of hearts. And, you know, did you, like, read them? You used to read them before you ate them? I Sure, I guess. My favorite color. What was your favorite color? I had a favorite. I don't think I ever remember having a favorite color of them. I like the purple ones. Just because uh, of the way they looked, or did they taste yeah, different? I, I think they all taste the same. Like, yeah. They're not even, like, to me, not that good. <laughs> no. But 
the purple with the pink riding, it just looked nice. And I, I just always like really liked the purple more than the pink. Hmm. And never did like the green. And, you know, I don't even know if there's, there's must be yellow. I think I don't remember all the colors, but I remember I like the purple. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know what purple signifies, but, uh, Prince, obviously. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> like what else? Oh well, Barney the dinosaur. You know, there've been some. Uh, right. Yeah. Iconic purple things like Purple Rain. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I like that. The color purple, you know, movie. So I guess it was just like all those factors in my mind said like the purple one. And so I did. All righty. Well, what would you say is the most popular restaurant on Valentine's Day? Well, you know, I hope it is not McDonald's. You know, I shouldn't say that. I mean, if you want to go to McDonald's, wherever you want to go for love, that your love dinner, that is good. But, you know, it seems to me like I remember reading Once Upon a Time, something about it being like, like White Castle or Crystal, like someplace like that. Really? Yeah. Huh. You are very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it could have it, it could have been like another. I almost thought it was Valentine's Day, though. And I thought, well, that's really strange. Like, I mean, I guess you could get like a whole lot of food for I don't even know how much one costs now, but all right. So if I'm really thinking like, where do people like, this would be a sit down kind of restaurant. You, I mean, I would think sure. people generally would like, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I hope it's not Cracker Barrel too. No, <laughs> no, no. So what type of cuisine do you think would be the most popular? Well, you know, I hope it's not Chinese or Something no. like, I, I mean, I think seafood probably is like places that have steak and seafood, you know, like no. surfer kind of things. No, no. The most popular is actually Italian. Huh? <laughs> Italian. I want to change my answer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Italian is the most popular. What's number two? Okay. Number two then would have to be, um, well, can I go back to surf and turf? Like, you know, nope. Okay. Mexican. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good guess, but no, it's actually French. Well, that's, uh, you know, that's good too. (laughs) Yeah. So there you have it. There's my Valentine's Day facts. Well, and you know, I, I I would check. I want to check in on that White Castle uh, crystal thing because you know, it is a popular place to go on some holiday, and it, it doesn't quite make sense. It would be Valentine's, but you know, in my mind somewhere, it seems like I, you know, remember that or something. Well, let's hope we don't find out that it's like the truck stop or something. <laughs> Pilot. <laughs> Flying J. (laughs) (laughs) But as we said, it does not matter where you go. Right, right. We learned that like uh, Bon Jovi, you know, because Johnny used to work on the dock. 
That's right. <laughs> he did. Then yeah. that damn union went on strike. Right. So. <laughs> hey, but they held on to what they had. Right. You know? Yeah. Because they got each other, and that's a lot. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. That's, that's don't need to know until we get to hear Bobby and Tessa's story. All right. Well, let's talk to them and see what they got. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Well, Bobby and Tess, I want to welcome you back to Backstory Sessions. It's really uh, so exciting to get to talk to you both again. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for having us. It's always fun being on here. Yeah, it's been a oh God, It's probably been a couple of years almost now. It has. And I think uh, we met Bobby first and then Tess. <laughs> this is the first time of having you both together, and of course, we know there's a reason for that, because you're both now on our February Backstories of Love, we call this month. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Backstories of Love, I love it. <laughs> yeah, me too. And so, Tess, I think it's interesting, when we had you on last, you had the song The Wrong One had... Yeah, it had come out and you'd written that and, you know, we talked a lot about that. So I'm guessing that Bobby is probably not who that song was. <laughs> Let's hope that song wasn't about Bobby. That'd be all. <laughs> yeah, I would hope <laughs> not. I mean, especially since, especially since I wrote on the song. <laughs> he, was, he was a co-writer on it. That's true. <laughs> oh. That'd make for a short yeah. episode. <laughs> I know. Like, wow, uh, we thought we thought this was going to go another way. <laughs> okay, so no, we both we that's the song you know we co-wrote that her grandmother started, and we finished it with with Billy Lawson. Right. So yeah. no, that definitely wasn't what that was about. Hey, let's who knows what it's really about? I mean, her grandmother had the idea. So. Well, that is true. Fifty years old. Very pretty song, too. Thank you. Thank Um, you. Wait until you hear some of the new music. It's really, there's some great stuff. Well, tell us about that. You know, catch us up a little bit on on the writing and what you've been doing project-wise before we get into Sure. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So, still working on this recording project and... Actually, we just got back last night from Muscle Shoals, where I'm recording this album at Wishbone Studios, and just so much amazing, rich music history down there. And I'm just so excited about this album. It's kind of just like my dream album project, where I get to just pick all the things I want. I don't, you know, have a label telling me what to do or any creative direction. I can just really do what I want, pick the songs I want. So. Most of them will be originals, like The Wrong One, which was already released, a single off of the album. And But there'll be a couple from my family that I'm recutting, but I'll leave that to be a surprise. But I'm so excited about it. And when is this going to be out? What now? When will this be released? Oh, later this year. It's a 2024 release. So, yep. Yeah, headed back next weekend to record some more, about halfway done. It's really something to see Tess work in the studio because she really, she knows what she wants, knows what she likes, 
and the bar is high. The bar is set high, but she always gets it. <laughs> that is a wonderful way of saying that I, <laughs> you know, it might be a little hard to please in the studio, but you know, I'm working with Billy Lawson. He's producing this and it's such a great fit because he does everything so tastefully. And, you know, I've mentioned before about just how I, I'm really not into the overproduction that you find a lot of in Nashville, where there's literally everything thrown at the song to where you, it just drowns out the singer and it's just overproduced. And I, that's not my style. And he's right. I know what I like and what I want. And so it's just a really great fit to be working. That was, that was, a, comp- that was a compliment. Yes. <laughs> it really was because I, unfortunately I've had to work with so many people who don't know who they are musically they are so just all over the map and that's the one thing about Tess she really knows who she is as an artist and that's always a joy you know when you could work with someone like that in the studio I mean I've worked with people one week they're very traditional country the next week they're doing a pop thing then they're doing this rap country thing so anyway it's a lot of fun that's what I tried to say <laughs> well so outside of the music realm, Bobby, do you find Tess to be the same way, knowing what she wants? <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, usually it's not hard to figure it out. I mean, she, she yeah, she's a, you know what, with all jokes aside, I mean, we can be, I could totally get really humorous with that question, but. In all reality, she just is a strong woman who just happens to be so talented in so many areas. And at the same time, she's very strong, but at the same time, very loving, very giving to people. Has one of the most beautiful hearts I've ever seen. And and definitely one of the most talented. I mean, God, she can do these amazing pieces of art that she paints. She can write songs. She can sing. She can... I mean, I don't know that there's a whole lot she can't do. I mean, I couldn't even draw. I can barely write my name. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, thank you. That's very sweet. So, Tess, what is Bobby like? I was going to say, wow, that's uh, a lot of pressure. That's one way for this to get the podcast to get started. He's already scored all the points. <laughs> but, you know... Bobby is also, I could say all the same things about him and it sounds so cliche, but that really is what made me fall for him. You know, when I met him, there was already several people that I was close with in my life that would praise him for years. You know, I mean, just, he's so thoughtful, very thoughtful. I mean, this man, the trip that he planned for us to go on after Christmas, just this surprise after Christmas trip was the cutest, sweetest, most thoughtful, planned out thing. And, you know, and he's just generous, of course, and and very talented, very, very talented. And I love that it's never, it's like never a competition because we get that, you know, curiosity, that question sometimes when you're with another person who's also highly creative or maybe does some of the same things. It's never like competitive. There's no jealousy, like, I'm his biggest fan. He's my biggest fan. We're like cheering each other on because if you're in any kind of creative business, it is a roller coaster. Like one day you think 
oh my gosh, like I'm kind of nailing it here. Like I'm doing great. And then the next day you're like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And it, it can be a roller coaster. So it's really great to have a cheerleader in each other. Yeah, well, you said all of that. I mean, that's all correct. And I mean, if Elvis Presley came back tonight and said, I want to record one of your, your two songs, either yours, Bobby, or you, Tess, I'd say record hers. And I would be so happy. And I, I really mean that. And that's I guess when you, really- when you love somebody, you know, I guess that's kind of what you do. But at the same time, you ask her that question, but I'm going to go ahead and add to it. I'm very complicated. I'm very... I'm very nice. I think I'm a really nice guy. I'm a giving guy too. But at the same time, songwriters, especially songwriters, I mean, she's a songwriter artist. I mean, I guess I am too. I do shows, but I'm writing for the market and that can totally drive you crazy. And there's days, I mean, I'm up at three o'clock in the morning. I mean, she's, you know, we'll call the next, you know, talk the next day and be like, oh, what time did you go to bed? Oh, I'm like, yeah, three o'clock in the morning. I'm up, <laughs> you know, trying to come up with an idea for a, writing session the the next morning you know at 10 o'clock and i mean that just creates a lot of chaos in the mind and it's a wonder any of us has any sanity and uh, <laughs> so much rejection you know i mean you'll write so many songs and it's like you just got to be prepared every day for rejection and that can be i've seen a lot of my friends bring that into their relationships you know with their partners and it does not work very well I mean, I, you know, I'm getting good. I'm growing. Even at this age, I'm still growing. I'm learning how to cut the switch off and not bring all of that kind of chaos in when we have time together. You know, I just, right, yeah. maybe that's just a part of getting old. I don't know. Maybe I'm telling you more than you wanted. To. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, love no, I want to know everything. So, <laughs> so I, if there were a time when one of your careers was, you know, hitting rock bottom for whatever reason for, you know, more than just like a short period. And the other person was finding great success at that same time. How would you deal with that? I wouldn't have any problem with that. I mean, uh, I mean, I haven't been to that point, I don't guess. But at the same time, I know me well enough that I mean, I know how this business is. I have, I, you know, each week I'm on rock bottom about. 75 percent of the week (laughs) yeah (laughs) not really not really not really but 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 honestly even over the course of the few years we've been together i mean even just enduring a pandemic together we've endured the loss of bobby's mother you know and just other hardships between loss of shows when it's a pandemic and other crazy things, my dad having a heart attack, you know, when you go through all of that stuff, life stuff and career stuff, it's just such a roller coaster. And I can honestly say, like, I would not want to do life with somebody else because he's so great at like being just encouraging when it's like the lows and also just the first one to be the most excited when there's like a victory. And so it's just, it's great on both ends. And it's, and like you said, though, because we're in creative businesses, it's kind of a roller coaster every week. <laughs> I hmm. mean, to some extent, it really feels like that. It feels like you had a rejection and then you had a victory and then you, you know, so it's, it's just a, it's a crazy business. Honestly, I mean, for me, I'm at a point in life where 
you know, relationships mean more to me than success. I mean, we need success to keep paying bills and, and, you know, keep moving forward. But at the same time, you know, this past four years, it's morbid to say this, but I actually finally made a list of how many people I've lost since the pandemic. And it wasn't all due to COVID by any means. It was just all kinds of situations, young people, old people, middle age. And I've lost, you know, almost 40 people. And a lot of these people, a majority of them are people I talk to every week and had long friendships with, some I wrote songs, some I did shows with. And that has been one of the hardest things I've ever dealt with. But at the same time, I've grown from it. And it's made me realize whether Charlie Bozo cuts a song of mine or not, that's not going to be like, that's not my God. We're used to, I... That was everything to me that defined if I was at peace or not. And now I'm like, you know what? Garth, Garth Brooks doesn't like one of my songs. I don't, you know, I don't care. Right. I really yeah. don't. So, yeah. And maybe that's easier to really say. Maybe it's easier to say that since I've had been blessed with so much. Some of my heroes recording my songs. I have a song out right now that was recorded by Bill Anderson, Vince Gill, Bobby Bear, Jimmy Fortune of the Statler brothers and Willie Nelson. And then Willie just cut a new song a couple of months ago. So, you know, that doesn't hurt either. It did mm-hmm. that. So I don't know, you know, life is pretty darn good. I mean, even with all, the- I think you've, yeah, I think you've gotten to this place where you really enjoy and appreciate that. And you don't, you're just, you do, you're like, wow, this is such a blessing. I'm going to enjoy this. Like that this just got cut versus, Okay, already time to worry about the next thing, you know. Uh, yeah, and another, and if a radio, you know, programmer, I mean, hey, it's great to have songs on the radio, but if some, you know, that isn't my God either. I'm not worried about some consultant who controls a majority of the radio stations, whether he's going to make my life happy or not. You know, that's that's just not the way to live. It's not. Yeah. So it sounds like that the relationship has, been an added part of like what makes happiness for you now oh definitely are you kidding absolutely i mean it's kind of a calm in the storm of course you know with tess she was raised in this business i mean i was a disc jockey as we talked before when i was 11 years old so i was around it to some degree but she literally was raised as you heard in your podcast with her on a tour of her grand i mean i love her family it's crazy it seems but but you know so yes yeah, she's used to it. love i feel like even though it's two very different stories in some ways they're both so crazy some of my stories from my childhood and growing up the way i did in this family of country music and the way he has stories of Dylan given, you know, an interview to Johnny Cash at 11 years old. It's kind of like we're both this odd shaped nut out of the bag. And then we found <laughs> each other and we're like, oh, well, <laughs> it kind of fits. <laughs> and Tess is easy. That's true. I agree with that. And But Tess is just easy to love. And I mean, like even in my hometown, it's like everyone's adopted her. And and whether she goes once every six months or whatever, I mean, people, they stay in touch with her through social media and they just all they're crazy about and and that's kind of the case anywhere she goes so well how did the nuts get together okay so <laughs> you know, i'm great to hear the backstory of this great question you know 
what is funny is today when I thought about us doing this podcast, I realized we have never, get, I mean, we've done so many interviews and individually and podcast interviews, radio interviews, and never have we done one where we like told our love story. So how cool. This is oh, like huh. the review of awesome. it. <laughs> I know. I didn't realize oh. that till today. And it's, it's a crazy story. Well, it is crazy because I'm, I was a stock. I was a young <laughs> <ended up> star. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm kidding. No, but, you know, we actually officially met in 2017, and it was at this annual event that happens, but it was the very first year of it. They do this Dottie West birthday bash in honor of my grandmother, and they do it here in Nashville at a place called Third and Lindsley, and they have all kinds of different artists come, Jamie Johnson, Bill Anderson, all kinds of people have come, and they sing in her memory, and they, they raise money for charity. So the very first year was 2017, and we met then, but I don't really remember a whole lot about us meeting. Sorry, Bobby. <laughs> I remember it though. I remember it very, I remember it. I mean, there's not a lot of us, not much of a story to tell, but definitely I remember it. And then we were even on stage together, you know, with Bill Anderson and Jamie Johnson, yes. Jamie Seeley, Larry Catlin at one point. There's pictures of that. Yes, and, stage together. Right. And when your grandmother was inducted into the country music. And then the Hall. next year, yes, the next year my grandmother was inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame and Bobby was at that. And by that point we had been, you know, acquaintances and Facebook friends and all of that for a year and been at different events, seeing each other and and he was there that night and apparently he said he was sitting across the aisle from me, which I didn't know that either. Maybe you were a little bit of a stalker, Bobby. <laughs> hey, man. Um, Maybe so. But so we didn't officially start dating until well into the pandemic. But what's really crazy is that Bobby is from a small town in Alabama, Lufern, Alabama, South Alabama. and as he said, when he was a kid, he was actually a DJ. He literally was a DJ mm -hmm. at 11 years old. And so when my mom and my uncle David, my mom is Shelly West, and her duet partner was David Frizzell. And they had a big hit out together called You're the Reason God Made Oklahoma when she was pregnant with me. And she traveled the whole country singing that pregnant with me. She sang it on the Grammys pregnant with me. And apparently she sang it in what town was it, Bobby? Troy, Alabama, which was only 20 she, minutes from my hometown. She sang it in Troy, Alabama, pregnant with me. And they were on the show with Ronnie Millsap. And Bobby's dad took him to this concert. And Bobby was at it when my mom was pregnant with me. And the very next month she gave birth to me. So, <laughs> so, so I can say he officially met me way back then. And he actually, you know what the craziest thing is? When we were dating, he said he went back to his hometown and he was in his bedroom that he grew up. And he said, you're not going to believe what I found in a drawer, the concert ticket of your mom and your uncle when I went and I was young wow. and she was pregnant with you. Literally found the concert ticket. But I've got something that totally matches that. I actually announced her birth on the radio. Is that not crazy? <laughs> I mean, that is crazy. <laughs> That's definitely out there. You can't even make that up. Uh, that is 
Absolutely crazy. <laughs> But then, you know, when the pandemic happened, because see, Bobby is just, he's one busy guy. I mean, Curb, he's been with Curb Records for almost 30 years as a writer. And, you know, just his calendar is full of writing appointments. And then the pandemic happened, and it's like all of a sudden nobody could get together. <laughs> Curb shut down. And so he and I started talking, and he just, was begging me to get together and and do some writing. And it's just so funny because, you know, I've got all these songwriters in my family. My grandmother actually was the first female in country music to win a Grammy for a song that she co-wrote with my granddad. And so that's super special. Mm. And then, you know, like my uncle Lefty, who's also in the Country Music Hall of Fame. I mean, he was a renowned songwriter, wrote several country classics. One song he wrote, That's the Way Love Goes, actually went number one for both Johnny Rodriguez and Merle Haggard. And so for some reason, even though my major in college was creative writing, I've always been too intimidated to write songs because I just thought, I don't know, it's just too much. Like it, it's just been too intimidating with all of that family history mm. and so even, even her dad even her dad wrote a big hit for yeah. country singer yeah. gene watson gene watson. yeah he had a number one hit that he wrote for gene watson so a lot of songwriters in the family yeah. and i just thought i don't know i'm not gonna touch that it just feels intimidating and i'll overthink it and and bobby was like no 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 you've got to write with me i can tell you're a writer just just trust me, which is actually very funny to think about because there's people just begging to write a song with Bobby. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, but she was actually in yeah, and just in Messenger, she could even like share an email and there would be like song ideas in it. I mean, that's how I knew that yeah. that was in her. I could just feel it. Plus, I thought, my gosh, your DNA, how could you die? <laughs> so Yes. He pulled a little trick on me and then, you know, he was going through something and I sent him a message and said all this stuff. And he comes back and he says, listen to this song you wrote. And he took all of this stuff that I said <laughs> and he oh. put it in a song and I said, okay. I said, you know what? All right. I'll get together and we can, we can try to write a song then. Like you, you've got me convinced. <laughs> and so we did. And we started writing and we were still just friends, you know, at this point. And we were writing. And I have to admit, like the second I was with him, it was so comfortable. And we were just writing song after song after song. And I absolutely fell in love with songwriting first. Hmm. <laughs> and then I started falling in love with Bobby. And it was so funny because, you know, when we first got together, Bobby was like, you know, I just have to tell you. He said, well, what kind of songs do you want to write? And I said, oh, gosh, you know, I mean, I'm like, I love the saddest, saddest country music songs, you know, like that's that's the best, you know, <laughs> when it's super sad and it just rips your heart out. Like, let's let's write a song like that, you know, and he said, OK. And he said, well, you know, I just I, I don't really write love songs like I don't I've been a co-writer on some and it's their idea, but I don't. It's just not really my thing. I don't really do love songs. And I'm like, well, okay. I mean, I just want to write sad songs anyway. So we get together. And it was so funny because I realized about nine or ten songs in, I thought, wait a second. 
we have not written a single sad song. These are all love songs. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So then I started, you know, kind of getting the hint. Hmm. So, Bobby, was that the, you know, was it the plan to get her together to write? And then, you know, that was. No. I mean, I can honestly say no. I just thought she had the talent and I had the time mm-hmm. with the pandemic. I, my calendar definitely was not even, didn't have any rights on it. And I thought, well, this would be a good time and you should try it at least. And if you don't like it, yeah. then, you know, there you've tried it. And man, the lines she would come out with, I mean, just crazy, you know, I, and then when somebody gives me great lines, that just inspires me to, you know, come up with special melodies. And it was, it's just, you know, she has so many irons in the fire. Of course, I have a lot of them too, but like with songwriting, she really has no idea how great a writer she is. I mean, I know people that have had huge success and they just don't, you know, there's just no comparison. I mean, she just will come up with some of the freshest lines and she really knows how to make them better. She doesn't settle for less. And, and that actually helps me. It inspires me because it's easy to get in that song factory state of mind here where you're going and rushing through this song, going to the next one, you know, and right. uh, when she does write one, you know, it's, it's really good. So, but there's really something to be said for the comfort level that Bobby gives. And other people have said this, other writers, Jeannie Seeley had kind of stopped writing for a little while, even though she's written, had some great cuts early in her career and stuff. And she got together with Bobby and she was like, oh my gosh, she just makes you so comfortable. So that really was what it was at first. And he had me so comfortable that it went from me feeling so intimidated. I didn't even want to attempt to even write a song, period, to literally going in there. And here's Bobby, who's been with Curb Records for so many years, had a huge number one hit, had other hits, had mm. songs cut by all the legends. And I'm literally telling him, no, 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 that is not good enough. We can come <laughs> up with something better than that. Like, <laughs> like on appointment one, I was like, no, no that is <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what else, though, blew me away is that, I remember we just for fun took a little break and started singing like every time two fools collide, a song made famous by her grandmother, Kenny Rogers, or maybe mm-hmm. doing a little bit of Oklahoma. You're the reason God made Oklahoma. And I never have been one to sing with other people, male or female. My voice just doesn't seem to blend or at least with the people I had worked with. I have this more low register going on for one thing. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, she has this richness in her voice, not too high pitched. And it just totally, I mean, right off the bat, there was a blend there that I couldn't believe. And, and you know, one of the first songs we wrote, we literally sing it together every line. And she's going to be recording that song. And it's a love song called Lay Down and Love Me. And, and you know, it didn't. It didn't take long to start having feelings for sure because you it know so surreal. Yeah, just like he said, like we we knew that each other sang and we had kind of been at some of the same things, but neither one of us had ever just really thought much about it. And then as we're writing, he said, Well, let's kind of break away and just sing something, you know, together and then we'll come back. And all of a sudden it's just like we started singing, and both of us were like, Whoa. That's crazy. 
I mean, we just had chills. We just did neither one of us planned it. And, you know, over the years, I've had some people that I'll sing with if, if I'm being asked to do You're the Reason God Made Oklahoma, there'll always be some sort of guy, some cowboy, some bass player, something that joins me on the song. And it, it's never usually good, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> and all of a sudden, we are just singing and we are like, whoa, this is crazy. Like, it's just some sort of crazy chemistry going on with our voices. And that's kind of what started it. And I love it. I love to hear it, you know, played back. And that's, and I don't really, you know, I'm not going to be sitting around listening to anything I do. I'm off listening to other people, whether it's Barbara Streisand, Nat King Cole or Merle Haggard or Hank Williams. And I love listening to us. I mean, it's funny in the studio this past weekend was the very first time we ever recorded together. And I'm not going to, Build the beans and tell you what song because that can be a surprise later when the record's released. But it was I was anxious to see what we sound like sounded like in the studio because I know live it's really magical. And then you know the producer called me this morning and he says, "Man, this is so good," and and I'm I'm really excited about it. But you know, throw all that out the window. I mean, at the end of the day, she just has a beautiful heart and easy to love and and just beautiful in every way inside and out and that all sounds cliche but it's very true and and uh, i you know if you know you hear this said often you feel like you've known someone your whole life and and it's just that easy for the most part so so what, so what, what was the go ahead Kat. sorry <laughs> what was the moment when you both knew like this is this is this is going to be fun. <laughs> that's a good, yeah, that's a good question. That is I a good for, question. <laughs> I think for me, a few, several songwriting appointments in, I just started feeling like all of these love songs, I just was sitting there like, is he writing this about me? <laughs> it, just, <laughs> it was too close to home. I don't think it could have been about anybody else. And I just thought, you know, I just, he was also at that time going through some things with his mother being in poor health. And I just, he was so, so just concerned for his mom with all of this. And my heart would just hurt if I thought he was hurting. And I thought, oh gosh, I must be falling. <laughs> you know what I would do? I would, I'm just really being honest. And I'm, I'm pretty open, but there's also a part of me that's very closed. But I'll tell you something I did. I would like Google uh, things like, does, is she into you? you know, like, oh, my God. This things. is the cutest. Is that not the cutest <laughs> thing ever? I can't believe I'm actually saying <laughs> that. <laughs> but I did that. I I know. And I think it's adorable. Like that a grown man. Sorry. Yeah, really. <laughs> I'm leaving this writing appointment and he's getting on Google like, how can you tell if she likes me? <laughs> yeah, and then I would do it over and over again, just trying to find anything. Oh else. my gosh. I mean, it's so isn't that crazy? I mean <laughs> looking looking back at that, it's That's just awesome. It's wild how it works, you know. So was there a first date? I mean, did you guys, you know? officially oh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah yeah definitely yeah i mean it was after a lot of writing it was like after a lot of writing mm -hmm. yeah it was 
you know, right. were never looked at as dates by any means. Right. Yeah. Especially Those not, are the dates. Especially we not in the beginning. I mean. Yeah. No, no. But when we did have a first date, he, I said, well, he was asking me what I would want to do. And I said, well, just surprise me. And I'm thinking like, you know, I meant surprise, like pick the restaurant. That's all I meant, <laughs> you know? And so, so we get in the car and we're just talking. We've always just had, we just talk and talk and talk. I mean, he and I travel to do shows. We have done shows all the way out hollywood california all the way to gulf shores you know we've been to new york city together so we do a lot of traveling and we literally never run out of things to say so there's always a lot of great conversation which is wonderful but so we're just talking and talking and all of a sudden i'm like gosh we've been talking i haven't even paid attention but i think we've been driving for a while and like where is he taking me and i <laughs> look on the road i look on the road and i'm like well how strange i feel like all of these license plates say alabama and you know surely we're not like out of tennessee <laughs> and then i'm like wait a second is he kidnapping me <laughs> but he had literally for our first date he drove all the way to muscle shoals and then drove me around and told me about a lot of the history and, you know, told me about some of his memories there, took me to a little romantic Italian restaurant. And so it was a great first date. Awesome. All right, Kat. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I had lived there in Muscle Shoals before moving to Nashville. That's where I started really learning about the craft of songwriting. Cause it's definitely one of those second homes to me still. And it's a very comfortable place to be in. And I just thought, well, that's a great, you know, first date place and it has a beautiful little downtown, you know, mm -hmm. and a nice little Italian restaurant. And then we drove down to, I remember one of the studios and then one of the songs that her grandmother recorded, you know, came on and yeah, it was just came really, on the radio when we were sitting there. Yeah, it was crazy. It's perfect. It really was. So it's been a couple of years, I guess now, right? Pandemic was when this started and. You know, things are going good. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's been some of the most turbulent times ever, but also some of the most beautiful times. I mean, when I say turbulent, not with her, but I'm just saying all the life stuff. I mean, and, you know, that seems to be this case with most everyone. But, you know, I mean, it sure is a plus to have someone, you know, during a lot of those storms. I mean, she's been through them, too, not just me. I mean, we've... It's been really special getting to be strong. For sure. I think, I think when you go through a lot of storms, outside storms in a relationship, you know, it's, you're probably either going to break up or you're just going to grow way stronger. And we have, it's like, I don't know how we have been through the amount of things that we have in, in, in a short time, years. really. I yeah. know in three and a half or so years, just the amount of, you know, some of it that everyone's gone through, like a pandemic and, mm -hmm. and just how that trickles down and affects so much of life. And then, you know, loss of family members or friends or like he was talking about all the losses. I mean, he, he was constantly singing at a funeral. I feel like every weekend he's singing at a funeral there for a year. Yeah. Which, you, you, know, you know, I actually counted that too, again, sounding morbid, but it's been, it's been over 15 that I either, either had to be a Paul Vera at or either sing at in the geez. last which is just crazy. I mean, you know, but 
when it's done, I mean, he's just grown so much and it's definitely made us closer because you just, when you go through all of that together, you really figure out, you know, this person loves me if I have a dollar in my bank account or $200,000 in my bank account. They love me if I quit songwriting because I've had it this week and I just want to say that I'm going to quit. And it's like, okay, if you quit, I'm still here. still love you. It's fine. You know, like I love you for your heart. (laughs) Or if you have a number one on the radio, like you really find out, you know, when you're going through all of that, what kind of love you're dealing with. And you know what? The reality is you're saying that it just makes me think we're all the same. So often, so many people that aren't in the entertainment business, they think that people in this business are totally so different from them. But the truth is, we're all the same. We all hurt. We all have problems, whether it's financial or whatever. I mean, you know, or losing people. And and that's, you know, but it's just almost comical to me how some people just think it's so different for people in this business. If anything, it may be more chaotic and more heartbreak. I I know people, you just look at it's sad. I shouldn't even say this, but I, I've seen some of the most sad cases, people that have hit the highest highs and they're so miserable. And some of them are still, you know, riding high in this business, but they're not happy people. And yeah, how sad is that? Yeah. I mean, I'll say, and you know what? My whole point of saying that is it all comes down to love. I think that is so much the key and, you know, if someone is listening and they don't have that love in their life, still just having love, whether it is a family member or friend. And but the icing on the cake is when you do find that one that you can really share that with. But at the end of the day, it's it's uh, my dear friend who passed away, Andrew Dorf. He always would say it's all about the love. Hmm. Well, that is true. All right, Kat, are you there? I am. And are you asleep, Kat? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> at all because I, you know, I, I'm a kindred spirit about all of this. I feel that very same way about love being the most important thing. But the first time that I suspected that you all might be a couple, you know, I was reading about going to a wrong wedding. And so, oh, gosh, here. That <laughs> That makes me laugh out loud just hearing you say that. I mean, that was one of the craziest things I've ever. We get we get into the craziest adventures. I don't even know. So that was a crazy one. My my cousin was getting married, and I had told him all week. I said, you know, I am so concerned that somehow I'm getting because I'm kind of chronically late. (laughs) So I was like, I am so worried that somehow I'm going to mess this up. Like we have got to be on time, you know, and and all week I was just very kind of obsessed with it. And so the day comes and I'm like, okay, I think we've got it, but we had to drive to a hotel. And then this bus was going to shuttle us out because it was at this gigantic, like a dam, this beautiful scenery, but you had to actually take the shuttle bus to it. And so first off, 
we drive to the hotel and I'm like, okay, I think we've made it. And then I'm worried that my uncle, I'm on the phone the whole time with my uncle. And I'm like, well, where are you? Where are you, Dale? And I said, oh gosh, I, you're trying to drive there and not take the bus. Oh my gosh, you're not going to make it. Like, I'm, <laughs> this is terrible. And I'm so worried that he's not going to make it. The whole time I'm telling Bobby, like, Dale is never going to make it. I don't even know where he is. And so I'm so concerned about that. And then we show up to the hotel and I'm like, okay, we made it just in time. But the black shuttle bus is starting to pull off. And I said, oh my gosh, Bobby, chase down the bus. (laughs) (laughs) We, you know, he chases it down because the first hotel we went to was the wrong hotel. That was the same name. So by the time we get to the right one, it's the bus is leaving. So he chases down the bus. We get on the bus. And I'm like, okay, now I can relax. Like everyone's dressed up for the wedding. People have their wedding presents. Yeah, but rem- you know, remember we- what I said though. I said, ooh, are these people, are these like stuck up people. <laughs> I know, and I was like, well, that is just judgmental, Bobby. <laughs> like, I was like, I mean, it must be his family because my cousin was the bride, and I was like, I don't know. I mean, it must be his family, but you know, I'm not gonna think like that. Like, that's terrible. Mm. And so we're sitting there, and I'm like, I'm just so relieved that we caught the bus. You know, obviously my uncle, he's gonna miss the whole thing. Poor Dale, he must, you know. But we have made it. I can breathe a sigh of relief here. And so we're driving, and. Bobby's like, oh, there's where George Jones lived, blah, blah, blah. Typical Bobby, you know, it's like the history of all everything. And then we get there and we get out and it's beautiful. And actually we like visited with some people. We didn't know them, but we just visited. <laughs> we took pictures. <laughs> we left the present. And I said, oh gosh, you know, the wedding is about to start. I think I'm going to give my Uncle Dale one more and Dale is actually the youngest sibling of my grandmother, Dottie West. Mm-hmm. And it's my cousin, May, who was getting married. And so actually the gift, one of the wedding presents was a photo of my grandmother holding me and May. So it was a very like custom gift. And then, mm-hmm. you know, some other stuff from Bed Bath & Beyond or whatever. But one thing was like really custom. So we left the present and I said, I'm just going to give Dale one last call, you know, before we go in and tell him that like, he's missed it, but we'll go ahead and go in and he can make it to the reception. <laughs> so I call him and he's like, well, I'm, I'm almost there or whatever. And I said, well, Dale, I'm sorry, but you know, it's, it's about to start. So we're going to go in and get a seat, but you know, we'll see you at the reception. And so we go in and again, we visited with people and we go in and sit down and then you know, it's like I started noticing things. I thought, well, that's weird. She talked <laughs> about like a waterfall and a dam. And I said, there's like just a little pond down there. I mean, <laughs> not, but you know, whatever. Maybe she just exaggerated a little. It's fine. You know? And then I'm thinking, that's the way she described the venue. I mean, this, it's a little small. I mean, not judging. It's really pretty, but it's not like she talked about. And then Bobby said, you know, the preacher said, okay, everyone turn your phones off. We're getting started. And people start walking down the aisle of the wedding party. And Bobby says, I think we're at the wrong wedding. And I literally (laughs) thought he was joking. I was like, that is not even funny. Like, I've been worried all week about this. And here we are, the only one representing the West side of the family, because I don't see any of them here. And luckily, we made it. (laughs) <laughs> and he said, no, no, really. He said, ask the person next to you who's getting married. And I'm like, 
are you kidding me? And I ask her, and she's like, Jimmy and Kelly. And I'm like, oh. And she, Bobby, gets up and runs. Which, why in the world did you have to have such a dramatic exit? Because I'm like, oh my gosh, people are going to think who knows what about us. And I'm like, oh my gosh, where even are we? Don't even know where we are. Like this bus <laughs> took us way out in the middle of nowhere. We were talking. We don't know where we are. And I said, oh Bobby, you have to go take the present back. Like I can't, I can't do it. <laughs> and the present was uh, her grandmother <laughs> and uh, what? Your cousin or something? That'd be yeah. That'd be so weird to open. So I was like, no, you have to go. You have to go take it back. <laughs> So he, like, you know, head between his legs goes in, you know, like, somewhere. I'm like, well, you know, I'm going to need that present back. <laughs> the wedding coordinator that we're at the wrong wedding, and she's, like, busy trying to run this wedding. And so she's just kind of like, okay, get the present and go. And so we're just standing in this parking lot, and we're like, we don't even have a clue where we are in the state. <laughs> so... Luckily, this guy on a golf cart just happens to hear us talking, and he's just laughing his head off. And he's like, I have worked this property for wedding venues all these years. I've never seen anyone do this. <laughs> and he's like, you're like out in Leaper's Fork or some crazy far out place. And he was like, I'll just drive you. Because we were trying to call an Uber. We couldn't even get signal. We're like, where are we? <laughs> so sure enough. Uh, this guy felt sorry for us, and he was like, get in my truck. I'm going to drive you 40 minutes to the right place. <laughs> and, you know, we get out of that truck to the right wedding, and there's my family just looking at me like, yep, that's about white <laughs> stuff. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's like a movie or something. Yeah. So well, it sounds like it's love to me, so... <laughs> it's been so fun to hear the backstory. I had no idea, but I knew it would be a beautiful story, and it certainly is. And I think it just has the characteristics of both of you uh, from our interviews from before. There's the humor and the history and the writing and just how it all comes together. And and I had no doubt that you were both very thoughtful, you know, very kind people. So. I, I'm just so happy that you did find each other in the way that you did. Well, thank you so much. They always say when when you're not looking, you know, that's when it happens. And I want to apologize to you because I haven't heard, well, either I have to apologize to both of you. I haven't hardly heard any words from you because when you get both of us together. Oh, we're not, we just get talking. I no, know we've hardly fine. let them ask any questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I mean, we really Appreciate your support and everything, and yeah. really love the first podcast that we did. And it is very cool that this is the first time we've done one together. That it's with you. Oh, absolutely! As soon as you told me about this, I was like, "Oh, we are in." I loved doing the first one. Plus, I love a love story, and <laughs> you know, you know, it's great when you both really feel like you're the lucky one. Like all the time, he does yeah. things for me, or he'll do just so thoughtful. He'll do something romantic, or just, you know, like the perfect way I would want to be loved. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so lucky. And then he's like, oh no, I'm so lucky. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, good. You know what? I'm really, <laughs> both feel lucky. 
I'm thankful that you're, you just said all of that and some of the other things you've said, because I'm going to keep this podcast and you're upset with me and I'm going to play it. Play go. in. <laughs> that was really funny though. I will say about two people who are like songwriters at heart and they're in love is if you are, and you know, everybody has a disagreement. I, I get a little moody when there's a sound check. I'll admit, I don't like sound checks, so I might pick a fight during a sound check. <laughs> and then I'm back to nice and good, and we're all good. But, you know, if you've been in a relationship long enough, you're going to have a disagreement. You're going to have an argument, whatever. And it's so funny because if we're ever having one, I'm like, oh, shoot, that's a really good line. Oh, that's a title right there. And I'm like, <laughs> You can't stop yourself. You can't stop yourself from thinking that way. Uh, That's so funny. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, guys, for being on the podcast. We really, really appreciate you taking time to talk with us. And, uh, of course, we want you to come back and talk to us anytime. Well, you definitely want to talk to you want to talk to Tess when she gets this project done because yeah, yes, there's going to be some more great backstories. Oh, there's about. some really fun backstories. Yeah, for sure. But really do you appreciate appreciate both of you and thank yes. you so much. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to cat at iwriteplays at outlook.com or you can write to me at backstorysessions at gmail.com or matt at level11ventures.com. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.